Awesome. Welcome, Hope Grown Faith, to another Monday Mom Mentor, where we are equipped and encouraged to nurture the hope of Christ in our home. So today, we're going to welcome Stephanie. And Stephanie, I totally forgot to ask how to pronounce your last name before oh. we started. <laughs> uh, I just give it an English pronunciation because it's easier. I just say bowl you. Bowl you. Is it French? It is, yeah. So if I was French, I would say bowl you, but it sounds odd coming out of my mouth, so I just say bowl you. You. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we say I don't know how to pronounce your last name, and I usually say neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> do you speak French? No, no. My actually, I'm half Filipino. My husband's Filipino, and his um, stepdad is is from Quebec. So we have this last name, and people are like, "Oh, it's not who I was expecting to see," you know. With yeah, so we're we're multicultural in our home. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So just so ladies know, this is probably one of the first mom mentors that we've had that actually is from Canada. And actually Stephanie yeah. was only about three hours from me, but we didn't know each other before. So yeah. <laughs> this is very cool. So yeah. you'll get to hear two of the same accent for once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. All right. Well, Stephanie, can you introduce yourself to mm -hmm. us? Yeah. So I, I'm Stephanie. I am a mom of four. Um, I have two girls, two boys. Uh, my girls are the, the bread on either side of the boy sandwich. So they're nine and a half, eight, five and a half, and one and a half. So we've got our gaps got progressively um, bigger between all the kids. And <laughs> yeah, and then somewhere between baby number one and two, God just began to kind of stir in my heart to um, to write Bible studies and to be able to share the word with women um, in a way they could get into the word without being overwhelmed. And so they can walk with God, really, you know, just in everyday life. I'm super passionate. But everyday life, because that's that's where ministry happens. That's where, like you're saying, nurturing. That's where discipleship happens. And so I think sometimes we struggle to like see God in the everyday, you know, in the mundane and the messy and the middle and stuff. So that's something I'm really passionate about. So I do that through um, writing Bible studies, through like telling stories, through speaking, and different things. Um, my husband and I've been married for 14 years this past summer. And um, we live in Airdrie, Alberta. And so my, my, the home of my online ministry is everydaytruth.ca and everything kind of spills out of, out of there. Mm -hmm. I love this idea yeah. of the, just the bite, bite-sized Bible studies. That's really, yeah. I talk about a lot. Um, just these having these little habits in our life. We yeah. actually have kind yeah. of bite-sized Bible studies, except they're for families to do together. Not, yeah. Not for yeah. Ours are probably a little bit more bite-sized than yours even. <laughs> they're even a little yeah. bit. You know, it's funny because when you become a mom, you all of a sudden you find yourself living in very small pockets of time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've got, you're up in the morning and you don't know if you have five minutes before they wake up or, you know, and so when I did this study, uh, one of my closest friends was very type A. She was very annoyed that it didn't have day one, day two, day three, day four, <laughs> day five. And she goes like, what, like, how do I know what to do? And I'm like, well, just like, do what you can do. And then after she had kids, she calls me and she goes, I love it because like, I can just start it. And then if I get interrupted, I can pause, I can come back and I don't have the day guilt. So I was like, mm -hmm. so glad I could, could help. <laughs> yeah. Day guilt. That's a real thing yeah. for sure. I love that. Yeah. I was going through your Bible study as well. And I was like, well, this is interesting. At first I thought, well, this isn't bite size because there's so much, but then actually yeah. I realized you can just take it. Yeah. Right Part one, pause. Yeah. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That's very cool. Yeah. So, oh, and then you're doing also not only online ministry, but also in-person ministry with your mom, right? In local context. Yeah. So my mom, my mom officially, she, she works for our convention, the Canadian National Baptist Convention. So she's the women's ministry uh, team lead. So I don't work 
formally, you know, for the same organization, but we've partnered a lot and um, I've done a lot of speaking, you know, at our, I think ministry often God will start you at home, you know, and you see that in scripture, like Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. So when God began putting this on my heart, it kind of started with like, start with the women who are around you in your local church. And then, you know, God can, can do whatever he wants with the, the width of that. But, um, but yeah, starting at home. So a lot of that has been in our local context started in our local context and then of course online God's expanded a little bit so yeah online is so very cool for being able to yeah do that. yeah <laughs> pretty neat we have yeah. women in this group from Australia New Zealand and South wow. America and North America and Europe it's pretty yeah. neat <laughs> yeah so neat mm -hmm. so uh, why did you choose James I know you have just a few Bible studies on your website yeah. right now but one of them yeah. is James and when I saw that yeah. I thought yes that's awesome because we're talking yeah. about James right yeah. now but why did you pick James yeah a uh, couple reasons the first um was in 2008 May 5th 2008 my dad was diagnosed with ALS Lou Gehrig's disease it totally came out of left field like we were not expecting a fatal diagnosis at all we were not expecting him to have 15 months to live and so in that season of my life, I went from the word of God being this discipline that I had always had. You know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. It was like, you're, you should read the Bible. That's what you do. So I kind of had this discipline of, of spending time in the word. And all of a sudden it became like a desperation. Like I have to, I have to hear from God or I won't be okay. Like I just won't make it through this season. And it was a excruciating season. Um, but also a season where God just really met me in his word and a lot of that was through the book of James. I had a, a small group in my living room at the time, and we were going through this book and it's such a practical book. It's short, it's tangible. Like it's, I, I would say more so maybe than any other book in the Bible. It's like, you can read it and you can grab it and you can go with it without having like, I don't understand what this means. It's like, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm like, what do they mean by that? You know? So it's very, it's practical. It's tangible. Uh, so it had such an impact on, on my life, you know, in that season. And then after I had my first baby, my mom said to me, like, what's your dream job? And I was like, man, if I could just like write Bible studies and like help women connect with God, that would be so great. So she's like, why don't we do James? You know? And honestly, it's like also short. <laughs> so it wasn't like, yeah. let's write a Bible study on Psalms. You know, there's a hundred, <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's like, oh, that's a lot. And James is like, oh, that's five chapters. Like that's, you know, doable. So my own experience, um, how practical it is, you know, like in, in nature and, um, yeah. And then just how it had impacted me. So. Mm -hmm. Is your dad still living? No, he passed away August 17th, uh, 2009. So, mm. uh, at diagnosis, he was given three to five years uh, to live. And then he ended up being, uh, having 15 months after that. So, oh wow, yeah. yeah so we celebrated last year or last August was 12 years already. Mm -hmm. since he passed I was like we weren't even married a year my husband and I when when that happened so it was very like very earth shattering very life shattering and then but yet like the word of God was this constant you know this anchor this this place where I could go and find what I needed and meet with God and and it never changed you know and everything else around us is always always changing I mean especially in 2021 more so, I think we're just more aware of it than we maybe yeah. were before. And so we need that, that something to anchor us, you know, and the word of God does that. 
Absolutely. I had a similar experience. My sister was killed in a car accident when I was, so she was 18. So that was like 17 years ago now. And I remember like just carrying my Bible everywhere. And I read a lot through Isaiah at that time, like that imagery of like God carrying you like a shepherd carries a lamb across his shoulders. And like, that was really powerful for me. And, and my dad was like, why are you carrying that thing everywhere? I'm like, I need it. it. And then my, my fiance, who was to be my husband in yeah. four months. I hold his hand, yeah. I hold my Bible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's such like, that's such a beautiful picture of, of clinging, you know? And I think, um, I think a lot of times we see, or we hear maybe of lots of stories of hardship happening and then people just letting go, you know, like, mm-hmm. like if God would allow this to happen, I don't know if I can trust him. I don't want to draw near. And so you sort of like the interesting thing is like, no matter what you cling to or don't cling to, you're going to have that trial. You're going to have that, you know, that hard time. And I just had no desire at all to go through that by myself. No, like, it's it's not that like, if I shut God out of my life and I don't open my Bible, my dad's going to all of a sudden, like, then we don't have to walk this hard road. So it just never made like, to me, I was like, I don't, I don't know why I would want to try, you know, try to do it alone. Cause it was, it's so hard. And you know, and it, like what you shared, you know, losing someone you love suddenly, you know, and, and, and the, just the emotional reeling and the grief and the processing, like we need to do that with God. And, and in that season, I remember a teacher saying, you know, if we don't allow God into our pain or into our wounds, like they can get infected Ooh. and, you know, and so with that, it was like, I don't want fear to take root in me. I don't want like, you know, just all those things that can take root so easily when we're broken open. Yeah. you know, by life. So it was just that season of, you know, it was like, like you had that picture of like holding your Bible and just clinging to it and just really like grasping and, and just holding on and also him holding you. So that's a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. testimony. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's the whole beginning of James there, you know, consider it pure yeah. joy when you face trials yeah. of many kinds. I don't know yeah. if I experienced a ton of joy in that time, although I did I did still get married. A lot of people were like, you're getting supposed to get married in four months. Are you still going to do it? And I thought, of course yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. I need that joy in my life. Yeah. Get married. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. And that actually, you know, when I think about something God showed me as I, as I studied James, as I wrote James, and even now, like looking back, um, is that, you know, like consider it joy. And you say it exactly where it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you want to take what? something else from me? what could possibly like what could I possibly have to celebrate or to have joy you know and that's that is a fair question you know because I mean like your sister dying my daddy and sick we're not talking about like I didn't have I didn't know what to make for supper right like like these are these are big things big losses and yet that like consider joy well why (laughs) like how in the world am I supposed to consider trials joy well what he says he says because you know, you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance must finish its work. You know, you must be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so I remember sort of having this shift of like, okay, it's not that I have to take joy in the fact that we are suffering. Hmm. It's not that I have to take joy in the fact that like my heart feels like it's bleeding and I'm grieving and I'm shocked and all these things. That's not what I take joy in. I take joy in the, in the reality and the fact and trusting that in through this, like God is accomplishing something in me through me. And there's another passage God spoke very like clearly to me when my dad was sick. And it talks, you know, similar to what James says about trials in your faith. 
in first Peter where he says, um, he says, he talks about trials and he says, these have come so that your faith of greater worth and gold may be refined as though by fire. And I think sometimes like if you look in scripture and you start looking for it, like you will see it, that faith is very important to God. Mm-hmm. Like our faith is very, very like greater worth than gold. And so if the goal of this time on earth is to come out with our faith intact, like <laughs> God is who he says he is. God can do what he says he can do. I am who God says I am. I can do all, you know, all through, through Christ who strengthens me. If that's the goal, then fortunately, unfortunately, trial is actually the most effective way to refine our faith. Yeah. So the joy, <laughs> right? The joy is not in like, this is hard. This is sad. The joy is God is doing something through this. He's doing something in me and his goal is different than my goal. Like our goal so often in, in our humanness is like to have a comfortable, safe life, right? Mm-hmm. Like to keep everybody safe, to keep everything under control. And it's like, that is not the life we are called to, you know, by Jesus. Like he's, he's like, I want your faith is so important to me, Christy. Your faith is so important to me, Sammy, that I will not let you stay in a comfortable control because your faith is not going to be refined there. You know, so that was a big, um, I think a surprising thing was shifting the way I thought about trials, you know, and even in Hebrews where he says, um, endure hardship is discipline. God is disciplining those that he loves, you know, and he was what father like doesn't discipline his kids. And then he says, he doesn't do it for his benefit, but for yours so that you may share in his holiness. Oh, well then that, (laughs) and then I need that. That's a big deal. Like that. I get to share in the holiness of God without holiness. No one will see the Lord. So if you connect all those dots, trials refining maturity discipline like refining my faith the reward of that like I get to see I get to commune with God like that's huge you know but again if we don't get into the word we don't allow the word to change our minds to renew us we miss out on all that God has for us like through trials so that's a that was a big thing for me through this study that is a really big faith or just a thought shift because often we well why why did God let bad things happen to me well yeah because of all of this, right? Because yeah. he wants to refine yeah. our faith because his yeah. goal isn't our comfort. It's our yeah. growth and becoming yeah. wisdom or more yeah. wise. And another huge shift for me and, and you probably too, like when, like if your life is sort of comfortable, safe, easy, not that anyone's life is easy, but like you haven't had like serious grief, mm-hmm. then we tend to really love our lives, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I like this. Like, I like being here. I like having kids. I like having a home. And one of the things that trials does is it shifts us to, it, it puts within us this almost holy discontent for this isn't the way it was supposed to be. It's not supposed to be full of pain. It's, you know, and it, in, a, in a sense, it shifts our, our perspective back to eternity where it's not about like this blip on the radar that we call everyday life. Like it really shifts us to understanding I'm here to prepare me for this, like eternity, everyday life, eternity. So then all of a sudden those opportunities to refine my faith, those are going to have big repercussions mm-hmm. in eternity. You know, like what I'm not just going to push them away and be like, nope, nope, yeah. we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't, it's like, you don't want to miss that. You know, you just don't want to miss God and what he's doing in and through. And I remember, and you can probably relate to this. I remember thinking, this is so painful. I don't want to waste it. Like, Mm. I do not, I do not want to waste it. Like whatever God wants to do in this, through this, like I, I'm here, I am so broken wide open. (laughs) Do Mm -hmm. not let me miss your purposes. 
in that. And I think that really shifts again, like our perspective towards trials is that they're not something to be avoided. There's something that I cling to God as I go through, you know, and they are a part, you know, and he says in scripture, don't be surprised <laughs> at this yeah. fiery trial, you know, as if something strange were happening. I don't understand. Like, why is life hard? It's like, it's supposed to be, that's, that is what, that is so much of, of the purpose of our time is that refining, right? That testing, that pruning, you know, so. There is beauty in, in those moments too. I've had so many people say, you know, it was in those moments that I felt God the closest, that I really sensed his presence. It's in often in just our everyday life when things are fine and life is good, that we yeah. don't even really notice God, which is seems kind of opposite you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it should be the other way where we're like yeah god this is amazing thank you so much but it's yeah. really in the trials so it is preparing us for more but also in the moment it's like god being like hey i am with you right don't forget yeah. i do i am still carrying you on my shoulders <laughs> yeah yeah and i i love that picture too and i think you know that god i would say like one of the surprising things like that comes out of james and maybe comes out of our lives as we go through trials is and I'm sure you can say this, like, I wouldn't want to go back to those circumstances, right? Like, I wouldn't want to go back there and relive everything. And, but I would go back in a heartbeat to that intimacy with God to that, like, you know, but it's like, you can't separate the two. So sometimes it's like, you know, it's like life is good. And it's almost like, ugh, I don't have that like desperate desire to be with him that sometimes can only come through when when things are hard so it is this like I don't want to go there but I do want to go there I want to go there not for the reasons that, you know like I but I want to be there with God because I mean honestly I think if we can also get to the place where we would say it is like knowing Christ not just knowing Christ like knowing Christ experiencing Christ is worth it like it is worth it like that's a huge thing if you can say you know what this is all temporary as much as this pain, this suffering, all of that, and is knowing him, right? Knowing him is worth it. So that's a, a big shift. Good word. That's, I'm going <laughs> to tell everybody, we, you know, if you're going through a hard time right now, you definitely need to listen to this episode. This is, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so right. It's, a lot of that is just the mind shift and thinking about these trials and the hard things. Yeah. There's yeah. so much beauty in it and coming mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah. That, that's why we can rejoice in it because yeah. God is here in it with us. Um, that, book that you see up there Quinn says goodbye that's I wrote that kind of out of my own pain partly I mean I wrote it oh. years later but it's about this this little owl who makes a friend and the firefly and the firefly he's like nursing it back to health because it had a broken leg and and then he's like I'm gonna take care of you forever sorry she's like because Quinn is a girl yeah. anyway yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take care of you forever we're gonna be best friends and then the, yeah. the firefly disappears one day and her parents oh. say, you know, you know, we told you that one day Blink would have to go home. And she flies off. She's just, she's so upset. God, why did you take Blink away? Do you knew he was my friend? Why is this bad thing happening? Yeah. And her mom just comes and reminds her, like, God doesn't always stop bad, bad things from happening, but he is with you in this. And that is where mm -hmm. we can take the joy. I mean, I'm yeah. paraphrasing, but <laughs> yeah, based on yeah. that conversation, no, I love that. that's kind of the point of that. So you need to read that book. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is also not 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 the same, but it reminds me. So we, um, our old neighbors, when they lived next door, they had a spring free trampoline, hmm. and it was in their yard. And we didn't have a fence between us at the time, so it was very like anyone could use it. And when they moved, it was winter, so she's like, "Oh, can we just put it in your yard until the springtime when it's not frozen and it's easier to take?" So of course, my kids used it, loved it, and then they came to pick it up, and my kids are like, "No, like why?" And I just said, "Do you remember?" 
that this was never ours. Hmm. We got to use it for a time, but it was ne- it never belonged to us. And I think that, you know, when we, when we have that perspective of God, like God is the owner, like God, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away anything good that he gives us, like is a good gift from his hand. But these things are not for us to cling to and try to control and try to, but to enjoy, Hmm. you know, and just understanding, like, this is a gift, like even our children, like they are a gift. They've been entrusted to us, but they belong to God. And it's so freeing. I mean, it might sound like it's terrifying, but freeing to go like, it's not up to me then to hover and to try to keep, right? And keep, Mm -hmm. it's like to enjoy, to shape, to nurture, to raise, but then to send, you know? And I think that's one of the hardest things is like when it's like, no, but my heart is literally walking outside of my body and these four little people, you know, but they, they belong to God, you know, they ultimately belong to God. I love that, that idea that it is really freeing too. That reminds yeah. me of Ecclesiastes when song of, or when Solomon is like, well, what is the yeah. point of all this? And he says, yeah. well, let's, let's, let's kind of basically eat, drink and be merry in a way. Like let's, yeah. let's just enjoy the good gifts that God has given us yeah. because he gives and takes away and let's appreciate mm-hmm. them when we, <laughs> while we have yeah. them, right? And yeah. they were always yeah. gods. They were not ours, mm-hmm. right? We don't yeah. have to hold yeah. so tight. That's exhausting yeah. trying to hold tight. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it is anxiety inducing. Yes. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Like, <laughs> you know, for all the, all the, the props that being in control gets, I'm like, I always say to women, I'm like, being in control is not what you like. It has this illusion, but I'm like, when you're in control, there is so much that sits on your shoulders. Just so much better to just like, let go, let God, you know, because he's in control. We don't have to grasp. I'm trying to, I, I feel like I'm on like, the verge of this kind of picture right here of like where yeah. we think we're in control there's an illusion of control yeah. and we're trying really hard to hold on but there's just this yeah. so much stuff that we don't see and none of it actually is in our control yeah can't figure out the rest of the picture but yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it's like trying to grasp like running water yes thank you that's good yeah where it's like it's moving through and it's like <laughs> and it's like you you want <laughs> it you can, it can spill it can fill but then it it passes it passes through Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when we, again, it's just like this eternity, like should change our minds. Like it should change what we focus on. It should change the way we see, you know, what God's entrusted to us. And it is like, it's all temporary, you know, and we, and it's so funny. I was chatting with this woman this past summer. Um, I was speaking at a family camp and she was going through a journey with like thyroid cancer. Mm-hmm. And she, she said she'd had a few invitations to share her story. And I was like, wow, how do you, like, how do you live when they're like, yeah, you have this, we'll never be able to cure it. So just make the, like, make the most. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that's like a dire sounding, you know, thing to be told. And she's like, you know, what gets me though? She said in the last year with, with this pandemic, and she's like, I feel like people say, oh, like unprecedented time, like these uncertain times. Hmm. And she got kind of excited and she's like, when has life ever been certain? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, you make a great point. And it, but like you said, it's this, it's this illusion. Like control is an illusion. Like if you think you have it, you have no more grabbed a fistful of water. Like that's all it is. Yeah. And so these things, like they remind us like, oh yeah, like worldwide pandemic, this weird thing we heard about like 18 months ago that we thought would never make it, you know, never impact us. Yeah. And it's like, I can't control the world. Like, and I'm not meant to, I'm not meant to, I'm not wired. Like, 
And then, so anxiety, fear, all these things are symptoms of us trying to do something we were not wired, you know, Mm. to do. So the uncertainty again is not new. (laughs) It's just prominent. No, of course it's not new. I mean, the people throughout history have lived through wars, constant yeah. war and mm-hmm. people stealing yeah. your things and <laughs> burning yeah. your house. Yeah. And you think of the Romans and the Greeks and basically yeah. all of history has been yeah. uncertain, uncertain. Yeah. all over, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we live in actually unprecedented safe times, at least here in like North America and in the Western world. Yep. Well, that's something yep. to definitely. So how do you think God can use the book of James in the lives of moms? Aside from what we've already talked about. <laughs> it got anything else? Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about your house, but I feel like every day has its own set of trials, you know? So if you're talking to a mom, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. When you're trying to potty train and you're trying to shape character and your kid is losing their mind having a you know all the big feelings and when you know you're struggling to keep the house somewhat organized and trying to you know feed your like all these things like I just I don't think I've had a day of mothering that didn't have at least a trial <laughs> like of some kind yeah. you know in it and of course like James was written to Christians who were being persecuted so maybe we don't know the same context right of that but I mean, a trial, I mean, any difficulty in your life, when you begin to understand, okay, this is accomplishing something in me. God is, mm-hmm. you know, God is shaping my thinking as I raise my kids. And I don't know if you've had this, but I have all the time. It's like you say some of your kids and you're like, I just want you to trust me and obey. And God's like, oh, well. did you get that? Did you get that? And you're like, oh, <laughs> you, you just preached to yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it is. Motherhood is is constantly preaching to yourself. That's what it is. It's like, as you're telling them things, as you're shaping them, God's also shaping you. And as you're like, oh man, I just want them to like, God's (laughs) like, I just want you to, you know? So I think I'm understanding like motherhood. I mean, if if the only thing you ever did in your life was motherhood, I I think you would be ahead of the curve in God bringing you to maturity because Mm. motherhood is so full, so full of trials. Like I remember um, like we have four and after my fourth, I just felt like I just took a beating. Like it, like the recovery, the postpartum was harder than all the other ones. I remember like sitting in her room, just crying, being like, what's wrong with me? I feel so like depressed and, you know, bluesy and God sort of like just meeting me there and saying like, no, this is not who you are. Like, like you are not, you are Stephanie. You are not depressed. Like you're feeling this way right now, but this is not who you are. Um, you know, my kids, as they've gotten older, there's less obedience training, more character shaping, like all of these things are things that God can use to bring us to maturity. Um, because it's, I mean, like, when are you really more like, you know, God who created male and female, both in his image, when you are pouring your life out, you know, to help other people grow, like that is so much like Christ. Yeah. So I think that's one. And then the other one, I, I think that you can just, I mean, if you just need a quick bit of truth, just to grab a hold of put into practice in your life um be quick to listen slow to speak (laughs) slow to become angry you know anger does not produce the righteous life that god desires Mm -hmm. and this is hard like i i honestly i mean if i'm just being totally transparent my kids are where i am the most quick to anger Mm -hmm. of any other relationship in my life the one where i'm like 
quick to like to want to or don't do that don't say that don't don't be that way and and so I think one of the most important things of course I mean we hear that and we try to apply and we try to put it in practice but even deeper than that you know what what is God saying when he's saying be quick to listen slow to speak I think with our kids we can either take on a curious mentality or we can take on a critical mentality and just to really flesh that out um, one of my kids is quite a deep feeler so when things are like not going it's like very big like big reactions Mm -hmm. big emotions and initially I would more like like stop it stop like that was more my because I was like I don't know how to you know how to deal with this and then I just felt like the Lord was starting to say like move to under like seek to understand before you just come in so taking on a curious mentality is more what makes you say that or like what's really going on. And I remember one time I sat with this kid and it was like this. And then I, I just kept saying, and what else? And what else? And we probably sat there for 15 minutes where she just unloaded like the last six months of like things that had hurt her feelings that she'd been keeping like really bottled up. And it was just, what else? Until we finally got to the end, you know, of the thing. And it was funny because this was like, I think it was the springtime. And the last thing that was bothering her was, and I don't want black snow pants. Dad said if I got black snow pants, so I gave them to Jonah, then he would give me an extra $5. But I want pink snow pants. And dad said he'd give black snow pants so we could have happy goats. I don't want black snow pants. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, that was so important to her. It was so important to her. And she had been sitting on that for months. Aww. And it was that moment of like losing it about something else Yeah. where I was like, all I want to do is kind of tell you to like, not do that, like not lose it and like have yeah. self-control. But yet the lid coming off is also an opportunity for all the stuff that is starting to stew and be carried. It's also an opportunity for all of that to come out. And if as a mom, you can let it come out in a, like, and you can maintain that curious posture you can get a lot of things that they think are true. And then from there you can, well, is this true? And I remember one time um, my daughter was like, she was mad at her brother and she said something super spiritual, like, I want to put him in the green bin and then the garbage truck can come and take him away. And, <laughs> and so I, I was like, okay, quick to listen, slow to speak. So I said, okay, what do you think would happen when the garbage truck comes and takes the big bin and flips it upside down? Do you think he might get hurt? Well, maybe. Oh, I love, I love him because he's my son. I would be pretty sad if he got, where do you think they would take him? But what if we wanted, you know, and I, I just kind of like went along with it. And then finally she was like, that's not a good idea. You know, like she got there. Yeah. She got there herself. And I think sometimes as moms, just because it's like, there's so much going on. We're so overwhelmed. We're like trying to stir dinner and like discipline our kids at the same time and teach them and all this, that sometimes we just don't exercise that being quick to listen, slow to speak, and just taking that time to go, what's really going on you know what are you really believing is it true and I think if we can understand like those those are discipleship moments Mm -hmm. right where they're they're telling you something whether or not it's true they think is true they believe is true and you can shape that in that moment with what is actually true that's that's discipleship you know instead of like don't be that way don't say that don't you know and we do want to we do want to shape them and, and change them. But I think as we can be slow to anger, that word anger um, in the Greek, it's also a word that means to be impulsive, like, or just to have that quick reaction. So yeah. in a, a, my other city, the flourishing life, we, we dial down into like, what is that? Those things that we just quickly go to 
without thinking about it, the ways we react without thinking about it, the things we say. So I think that is a huge one. I think if moms, if we can grasp that, like being quick to listen, to be curious, to ask questions, to understand, I think we have far more experiences to disciple and to shape with truth because of the rawness, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where truth can get planted. Otherwise it's like in one ear. I know, absolutely. And discipleship isn't, you know, just about just obey, just obey, just behave right. It's not what God does for us either. He shapes our hearts and our minds and our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I've had a lot of moments like that too, where I've, you know, been able to take a breath and go, okay, what's really going on here? Let's talk about this. And uh, sometimes it takes 10 minutes of like, what? What? Yeah. Before we actually get into like, oh, like that makes sense. But that's kind of how I process things too. So yeah. My husband's like, yeah. what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't even think that's true. I don't, I, feel, like, I don't yeah. feel like that. I just need to say it before I get to the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm like, he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know yet. Yeah. Why are you talking? Because that's how I figure out what I need to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if we're allowed to, you know, enable ourselves to yeah. let God do that through us, that is, that is a huge thing where we need the Holy Spirit though, right? Like, oh yeah. God help me. There's a, a funny um, reel on on Instagram right now. It's like, Holy spirit, activate, Holy spirit. Activate. Like I just need that every day. <laughs> like Holy spirit, activate, help me to be slow to listen. Yeah. And yeah. Slow to react. And I love that. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Holy spirit. Like, what are you saying mom? Activate, activate. Because I think like we need a, we need as followers of Christ who are indwelt by the spirit, we need to get in a pattern of yielding ourselves, right? And and you can't yield without pausing. Mm. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't without going, okay. And I remember um, parent, you know, when your kids start to get into the two threes and you're having to like, you know, discipline and correct and shape. And I remember um, wanting to be like, well, this is just how I want to respond or what I think the discipline or consequences. And I remember so many times just going, God, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, and I think when we just, we get into that habit of like, before we speak, before we react, God, what do you want? I'm your, I'm a vessel of your Holy spirit. What do you want to say to my husband or not say, what do you want? How do you want me to respond to my kids? Do they need the rod of discipline? Do they need a compassionate heart? Do they need to sit? Like, we don't know those things all the time. So I think the more, you know, activate or (laughs) we just pause to go, okay, what's next? I think that's how we can get in the habit of following his leading mm-hmm. as opposed to just always going full steam ahead into like, well, here's how I want to react or what I want to say. You know, what, what do you want in this situation? And he, he always guides me in those moments. It's not always the way I think, you know, what I, how I would have reacted. And it's, it's always better because his way always brings life. Always better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to a mom who's feeling kind of discouraged in her parenting right now? Maybe this is not Ha- maybe she's just fallen into the habit of reacting impulsively to yeah. her kids. How, what would you say to her? Yeah. First of all, I would say you're not alone. <laughs> you know, like I think motherhood carries so much um, temptation for shame and, you know, and shame always wants to isolate. And it's like, you're the only one who struggles. Like you're the only one who yells at your kids. You're the only one who can't keep your house organized. Like that is shame. And that's not what Jesus came you know, to give us. And so the first thing I would say is one, you're not alone, but let Jesus meet you right there. Like let him, you know, cause, cause we have this sort of mentality, I think where we're like, okay, once my life is a bit tidier, 
once I get all the laundry folded, once there aren't dishes on the counter, like then I can live this spiritual life. And that's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus leaving perfection, leaving heaven and moving into our humanity, getting literally into our mess with us, you know, seeing us in it, saving us in it, and then sending us from it. And what we do without realizing maybe is we just bring this tidy mentality, you know, like to God where we're like, oh, I can't talk to God after I just yelled at my kids. Well, yes, you can, because that's where you're going to find grace. Yeah. You know, and if we, if we sort of are like, I'm alone and I have to find my way out because God is waiting for me to dig my way out of the hole or find my way out of the pit. I mean, you just won't get there. I hate to break it to you, but you won't, you will not get there. But if in the middle of the mess, in the middle of your kitchen with stuff, boiling, you know, you're just like, God, I remember this doing one time where I was like, God, your word says, come to me. All you who are weary. <laughs> I'm really weary. Like right now. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And, and somehow in his miraculous way, like he just meets you with his presence. So I would say you're not alone. He'll meet you exactly where you are, you know, no differently than when your kid is crying and hurt and sad and like putting their arms up like this to you. You're not like, once you stop crying, I'll comfort you, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. And so understanding that God has that parental heart over us. You know, and he knows when we need to crawl up into his lap and just like cry about, we don't want black snow pants, you know, like I didn't, I, (laughs) yeah, it's not what I wanted. And that's been bothering me. And he knows when we need, you know, encouragement. He knows when we need correction. He knows when we need a hug, when we need, you know, a kick in the pants, like he knows those things. But if we're not willing to meet him in our weakness, um, we miss it, you know, we miss it. So I would say you're not alone. He'll meet you in it. And then I would say common, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. Some of the things that are common, um, anxiety, common. Mm. Motherhood being so exhausting, common. Depression, common. Languishing, you know, from this pandemic. Like these, just because these things are common, just because other people are experiencing them and so are you, it doesn't mean that's the way God designed life to be. And I don't say that to bring shame on anywhere, but just you know, we can, when we read scripture, we can either explain away the gap we see between our lives and what we read. For example, when Jesus said, I came to give you life in abundance, like overflowing, we can either read that and say, if my life does not feel like that right now, oh, it's because of this, this, and this. And if, if this wasn't in my life and this and this, then we can do that. Or we can say, there's a gap here. We can just confess that to God and say, I think there's more than what I'm experiencing. And I would like for you, what you promised, I would like for you to make that happen in my life. You know, and I think we, if we can get out of that habit of making excuses, explaining, well, everybody struggles. Everybody's life is a mess. Everybody, yes, it's common, but God, like life overflowing isn't for once your kids are out of the house. Right. Life overflowing isn't for once your laundry is folded and put away. Life overflowing is not for like once you, you know, don't feed your kids macaroni for like three nights in a row. <laughs> it's <laughs> just saying, <laughs> you know, but, but, but life overflowing in the midst of all of this is because Jesus is in it with us. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. Like, let him close the gap, let him meet you there, you know, cry out to him. And that's, I think where we experience, we know we shift from church culture and tasks and religious, all these things we should do to wow, he met me, he rescued me, (laughs) you know? And so because of that, there's joy 
in the midst of this, there's peace in the midst of this, there's purpose in the midst of all of this, you know, as we let him meet us there. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. So good. All right, Stephanie, I guess I should let you go, but where can we find you online now? Remember there was everydaytruth.ca. Yeah, everydaytruth.ca is kind of my, that's my online living room. Um, I'm on Instagram, everydaytruthca, you know, because we're Canadian. Um, And then Bite Size Bible Study is my new month-to-month online Bible study membership just to help women establish that rhythm of regularly connecting with God rather than these periods of intensity and then nothing, you know, just to help them. Yeah, so, but all of that you can find on Everyday Truth. Um, Yeah, or on Instagram. Those are the two places I probably hang out the most. Awesome. Thanks so much.